they're bad, they're boys, and occasionally they talk about running. Yes, it's the Bad Boy Running Podcast with your hosts, Jody Rainsford and David Heller. Come back. I'm all right, man. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I, I've just been thinking the other day, actually. We always start saying bye bye at the start of our podcast. It is quite confusing if you've never heard it before. So, what, what we should do is we should have the Beatles hello, shouldn't we? Oh, no. Actually, Lionel Richie would be better. Hello. Oh. Who would be more likely to if give it's us caffeine the... bullets you're looking for? Well, Lionel, Lionel falls into, he's, he's not quite reggae, but he's... <laughs> Nowhere near reggae. But, I mean, that song was in the 90s, and it's kind of soul-y, heading towards the reggae soul. spectrum. So, we start with soul, and we end with 90s reggae. We, we start with arseholes, and we, <laughs> <laughs> we end with, yeah, a good bit of pat. Oh, that but, is um, so childish, yet so funny. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, welcome, welcome to Bad Boy Running. Welcome to Bad Boy Running podcast. Now, this, we have made an error um, for probably about thirty or forty episodes. We originally really? recorded. Yeah, yeah, we have, we have, um, because we originally recorded. Oh, I'm Jody, by the way, and this is my co-host David. Um, we originally recorded recorded the A to Z of uh, Bad Boy Running specifically. So, at the start of the episodes, we could say. If you have no idea what we're talking about, go back <laughs> and listen to the A to Z of Bad Boy Running. And then we have quite incredibly forgotten to promote them in any way whatsoever. So if you have no idea, if you've listened to a few episodes and now you're listening to this, and you have no idea what's going on, go back, listen to the A to Z. But just as, just as a bit of advice, it's a little bit like for your first drink going on uh, Russell Brand stag do. <laughs> it's going to be a baptism of fire. It's a lot, it's of, a literally, a lot I mean, of content in there. I've not, I've, not, I've not had a drink before. What should we do? I just, let's go to Russell. Let's go to Russell. He'll, <laughs> he'll, he'll, he'll ease you in. Maybe old Russell. I'm not <laughs> yeah. sure new Russell's quite like that. Old oh, Russell, yeah. I think actually, no. Okay, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I know. I, I was thinking, what, what could possibly be worse than Russell Brand, uh, like Russell Brand stag do? I think actually the first night you get into Madoc is probably worse. Oh, and you think it's going to be a quiet night? Like, quiet oh, night this will be the Let's go and get some, some snails or some. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that is true. That's a true indeed. And have you been anyway? Well, I've been absolutely fine. I've been, um, of course, so uh, just a quick explanation if you've not listened to previous episodes. I've, I've been set the challenge of, uh, by, well, I would say by Tom Dark, but it wasn't. It was by David pretending that Tom Dark set this challenge um, uh, to try and beat him um, by running a sub-four marathon. And if he runs a sub-four marathon by the time he gets to London, I have to have run a sub-four marathon faster than his sub-four marathon. That's the rule, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. We're making it quite hard, actually. We could just say whoever gets the quickest time. Whoever gets the <laughs> Oh, yeah. Oh, no, yeah, that makes more sense. <laughs> <laughs> it's quite convoluted, oh, otherwise. Oh, yeah, yeah. 
I don't know why. I don't know why it's complicated that well. But, but I like um, it because it gives it gives people the the perspective of, of what we're aiming for. Both both people are trying to get sub four. So actually, there's these sub goals amongst the main goal. Yeah, and and all of it's completely confusing because we still we still don't really know what the penalty is for for not achieving it. Um, but um, but I, I I understand. So I've been. I've been um, working on my, my training plan in earnest. I've been going to the gym. I've been doing yoga. I've been doing things, you know, just easing my way into it because we're still quite a long way out. But I understand that Tom is taking this very seriously. Very, this is a very, very big deal for him. Very big who, deal. Who do you understand this from? Have you got spies? Yep, yep. I'm being told that actually he is, this is... I, I thought this was like a sort of a, a relaxed challenge. We, you know, we wouldn't we, we wouldn't cheat by training before Christmas, but he's obviously broken broken the rules of the uh, of the gentleman's agreement, and he's going out hard Ooh. and uh, he's training pretty hard as well. I mean, that's a compliment. If anything, it's fear. I mean, I, exactly. I don't think he has a huge amount of fear, to be honest. He hasn't he hasn't quite got quite so far to go as <laughs> I have <laughs> in terms of the journey, but. Um, I certainly, uh, I, you know, I, I admire him for his. Uh, no, I don't. I don't admire him at all. Um, I uh, deplore him for his <laughs> his uh, cheating um, by training this early on. Have you seen? I've, I've just realised. Have you seen what this uh, Tom Tom Dark, also known as Ian Dark, uh, to his friends? He is a he's one of the presenters of a, a rival podcast, the lesser podcast known as Mug Tennis. Yeah. And uh, I, I posted in the Facebook group an email that came through from quite a large entertainment provider. And on the top right-hand corner, next to some incredibly well-known comic, I can't remember who it was, but quite an established comic, it said Monkey Tennis Live. Monkey Tennis you know, Live. That's, have you seen that? Yeah, I, what I like about that, it should just be renamed to IP Theft Live. Watch, <laughs> what, watch for Oxbridge, Oxbridge Rejects rip off. Uh, uh, talented comedians, original content. Is this is, is this his opportunity to serve notice? Do you know, did you do that in the, <laughs> yeah. in the UK in the way you do in America? I don't know. In the way always. I don't know, but maybe it, maybe it has to be done that way, <laughs> right That'd in the middle. Brilliant. <laughs> what's the name of the Someone guy? Someone dressed in a mask. What's the, what's the name of the guy who um, has? He, he always he's the guy that went up in the middle of the um, Tory party conference and gave uh, Theresa May a P forty five, and yeah. he's the one that interrupted Set Blatter in the middle of his press conference to to give him a bung. Oh, when was the Set Blatter one? Oh, that was a while ago. It was a while ago oh, when he was talking about yeah. It was, but it, it's some unfunny comedian, isn't it? Well, that's the thing. It's what he's actually doing is pretty unfunny. But um, it's just the fact that it's such a big scale. It would be hilarious if he did that at Monkey Tennis Live. Ah, <laughs> oh, let's get him. What's his name? I can't remember. It's, he, he's one of those unfunny comedians that got a show on BBC Three when BBC Three was still like, you know, literally you had to turn up, prove you had a pulse, look millennial, and they gave you a comedy series on BBC Three. He was, he was probably a promising YouTuber. A promising YouTuber. <laughs> That's what it was. He had some great vines and all of that. But um, so, you, are you not training yet? Then I'm easing myself into training. I'm easing myself into it. I'm doing. Uh, I'm doing a lot of um, uh, doing a bit of yoga. So I'm doing yoga twice a week now. So <laughs> improve my. What are you laughing at? Why is that so funny? <laughs> That's how you're training. That's the first thing you're doing. <laughs> That's a big deal, man. That's a, that's quite a big deal. Yoga. 
That's like your foundation. That's like that. Yeah, exactly. I'm I'm going. I'm I'm doing it about face. I'm gonna. The last thing I work on is aerobic fitness. So I'm doing. (laughs) (laughs) I'm doing. uh, I'm doing yoga. I'm doing um, uh, like personal training um, uh, a couple of times a week, and then I'm doing like hit classes as well. And uh, basically doing as much as you can, except running. Well, I well, I, I didn't think we were supposed to be training. But yeah, you know, and I so I thought what I'll be doing, I'll be just doing all the stuff around the periphery because you know I wanted to keep to the agreement. But Tom Dark's cheating, so it turns out I might have to actually get get the trainers out and actually go for a run now. Well, I mean, he's. I like the fact he's in your head already. He's. I think he's going to win based on just your current how you are, your current status. Right. I'm not. I'm not. Gonna cha- I'm not going to change my behaviour. Until I like literally, there is no point in training till after Christmas because the thing is, if I start training now, I'm going to hit hit peak like January or something. No way. <laughs> <laughs> what are you laughing at? So you think you're you think you're running peaks in about two months from any point in your life? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I do things a little bit quicker than everyone else. <laughs> <laughs> you're just better. I'm just. I can't. I can't help it. I can't help it. I hit my peak much too early. I'm a premature peaker. <laughs> Wow. Well, I mean, maybe this is maybe maybe you haven't realised yet that what you you can achieve, you need you need to go through a transformation. You've got to be more ambitious. I there's, there's no point. I mean, when I think about winter nuts and the training that I uh, I should have been doing for that, and then <laughs> I did all the wrong training instead. Um, but surely you only did two months worth, so you'd have been right at your peak well i no no i only did one month's worth of like uh you know actual running beforehand which is really what i'd needed to have performed properly uh, during that race i was i was given a lot of misinformation and tom dart wasn't even (laughs) competing in that one either so (laughs) but anyway anyway i don't know why we're bothered with talking about this like we're talking we, we talk far too much about tom dark the cheat <laughs> what we need to be talking about because actually that segs quite nicely into into the subject of of this episode because you've been away a lot and you've been to lots of very different foreign unusual foreign countries on running based expeditions um and of course taking in from uh winter nuts was of course the uh of course that was a qualifier for the place you went which was uh, canada and the uh ocr world champs yeah, absolutely. First time I've ever been. Oh, what well, and the the big question was is it still not elite enough for you? <laughs> Actually, it was so harsh. So the this is the obstacle race world champs for those who uh, don't know OCR, OCR the acronym. And they have all these different categories. So if you listen back to one of the first episodes, I couldn't be bothered to go because I just thought it wasn't elite enough. Um and but this year, oh boy. There's, you could qualify either by coming probably top five, top ten in certain races, or you can, and that's for the elite wave, or you can qualify for your age range if you're top five for your age um, in certain races. They also have something called the Journeyman, which is for anyone that wants to come, if you've run four of the races that are qualifiers, then you qualify for the Journeyman wave. But the problem for them is the race starts about eight in the morning. There's so many different categories, so many different age ranges, because it goes from 13, 13 to 18 is the first one, right up to, I think, 55 plus. And so um, 
by the time the journeymen get to run, it's about four in the afternoon. And this is four. So you, you make, they've, they've woken up. They've gone to see the best people in the world race. And then they have six hours to wait until they race. At which point, the whole course is churned up. It starts getting dark at around 4.30. <laughs> so these poor, poor people. I think Roy, Roy James was... Uh, so one of the guys are still going out and I just I kind of gave him this look of like good luck buddy but you're not going to see me again because I'm not coming out to support I'm, I'm going to the pub mate but you rock it man you rock it you feel really bad but you're like I'm not going to wait because we've been out there for hours and hours ourselves as well and so they have it so hard so hard it's, it was wetter it was raining the obstacles are slippery and those hills, I mean, it's just so hard to run on it, when it was that muddy. Horrific. So I, I, I've got a lot of respect for the journeyman after this, after this SCR champs. So, so wait, 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 the qualifier for that is that you just have to run in four races? That Yeah, 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 that's right. So you, if you, if you don't manage to run quick enough in your age category, then yeah, you can still go to the world champs, and actually, it's I think it's, it's a good thing for, for a couple of reasons. One, because it it means there's more people there for more of an atmosphere, um, but also for something like the ACR champs to to continue, they need to be financially viable, and so to more get them in the, exactly. And the course is, I mean, it is amazing. It's go on describe that then, because I I, I have no real indication of what what works what we're expecting. Like having only done one OCR. Um, what just get like give a flavor of 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 how it works because are are there lots of different distances as well it's really it was really complicated i couldn't get any indication of of uh of the scale of it or or what people were doing or when they were doing it yeah i'm not 100 percent sure on the exact numbers um of in fact i've I've, there is a there's a quite interesting um they've released the stats on how many people actually finished the course oh okay so there's there's three three different days. The first day is um, the short course, which is three k. So that's probably the shortest. Three k. Yeah, I mean properly short. Um, for how many a, how many obstacles are on a three k course? Well, it's quite hard to know what an obstacle is because some you might well, get. That's, to a, bit, that's a bit of an issue in obstacle course racing, isn't it? <laughs> Well, it can be, but say, say in the Nutch Challenge, where I think they said there's 200 obstacles, yeah. is, is, you know, is, is one hurdle, is that an obstacle, or is it the set of hurdles? Oh, and okay, so, okay. But in the, the, in the OCR Champs, the, the 3K is obstacle heavy. The, the idea of it is, hopefully, the best person a purely obstacle technique will uh, win that. Okay, so it's not a run, well, it won't be a run as well, will it, the 3K? Well, I mean, it still is because bec- the the difference between the very top guy and the next and the second best guy over obstacles is is a you know it's a hair. Yeah, it's so close. And so, three k of running, you could get you could easily get twenty seconds, thirty seconds against someone slower. You could even more, you know, against uh, if they're not a great runner. And so, actually, it, I mean. This year, so last year they had it where everyone in the elite wave turns up and they set you off in waves of 10. 
which is great because it means there's no there's less queues at the obstacles and if, if you come up to an obstacle and you can't do it you then have to queue up in something called the retry lane and this ensures that anyone new coming up to an obstacle gets a clean route through ah okay but it does mean if you failed once or twice it can build up and so suddenly you then have to wait five minutes to have another attempt right so last year the first wave happened to be um a hunter who is one of the best obstacle racers in the world specialized in short course you had ryan atkins who was he's won world's toughest mother pretty much every year who came second in every world champs i think so far against john um, so they went in the first wave and john went in the last wave so i'm not going to say that's why john didn't win but he was only 15 16 17 seconds behind the overall winner he'd obviously be coming through the field he'd be hitting the obstacles where people have already been through them um, where there might be mud on them might be water um and also he's not actually racing someone's head to head so this year they changed it slightly I don't think officially, but they just made sure that approximately the best 10 men and females started in the first wave, which is what everyone wants to see. Yeah, you yeah, want to see these guys. And you want to see them hitting each obstacle together and being able to compare. Yeah. Because I've, I've got no idea off the top of my head who's the best at monkey bars, who's the best at a carry, who's the best. And so that's what they gave us. And John, you could tell. He wanted this one possibly than the the long course, which is naturally suited to him. Because I think for him, he wanted to make a statement that I'm the best in the world at obstacle racing, no matter what distance. Oh, and okay. He, yeah, and he absolutely smashed it. Did he? I I, I can't remember the the, the time he he finished ahead in the end, um, but it was considerable. Um, and yeah, I mean, it was it's just incredible. Uh, but yeah, so that, they have the short course on the first day. Then the second day is a, a 15k course, I think, approximately. And then the third day is they have a team relay where one person is a runner or does more running. One person does more strength, which means carrying a bag or, or carrying um, sandbags overhead under underarm. And then the third person is the obstacle specialist. So, um, but the, the course itself, if I talk you through the 10K course, the, the thing is it's killer about it. This is a ski resort. Yeah. Which is amazing because it means everyone stays in the chalets. There's the, the event village. But my God, were those hills hard. And they really went heavy on the hills at the beginning. So something like the 15K had four, four and a half times up an entire ski slope. Nice. And the elevation wasn't massive for the whole race. You know, it's, it's not, it's, it's probably about 1,000 meters, 1,200 meters, which is a lot, but it's not insane compared to other races, some other races out there. But it's more that because it's a ski slope, they're so ridiculously steep. Yeah. And obstacle races, they always give you bounds that you have to stay in, they always have boundaries. Um, that are quite tight. If you did a, a cross-country race, a fell race, you run on the path, but actually you can run anywhere in this open field. Whereas obstacle racing, they 
actually pen you in to, to make sure people go on the obstacles, to make sure people don't skirt around the side of a jump, so that it's completely fair. But it means that these hills, every single person goes on the, the exact same bit of grass. And we, we did a recce on the first day to actually figure out who'd film where, where we'd be able to switch obstacles, um, where we thought the runners would be at each point in the race. And just walking up this first hill, the mud was coming loose. You know when you stand on something and huge chunks yeah. are, are just being ripped off, and and that was that was before anyone had raced. So, I mean, this it was it was a runner's race for sure. Yeah. But then on the way round, you they inter they intersperse. They'll have um, over and unders. We have to go under under walls, over walls. They'll have three, I think, crawls under barbed wire, and then they have these. Um, some very specific obstacles that are just incredibly hard the hardest one in my mind is, is probably something called stairway to heaven which is like an a-frame with stairs yeah but you have to climb on the inside so you what? you you turn you turn your back to the middle yeah and then you have um a a set of stairs but that is in an a shape so you're essentially once you hold on to the bottom rung, the bottom bit of wood, you have to climb up and, and behind you to grab the next one. So you have oh to be God. able to be strong enough to lift up. And you do that, moving backwards and up, until you're right at the peak, at which point you then have to somehow, and this is the tr probably the most tricky move on the, the whole race, move uh, back round. So you're, if you're facing out, you then have to turn round with one hand grab the top of the other side um, and then lower yourself down without using your feet. So it's ridiculous. What? So that's, that's one big one. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's where most people lost their band. So if you, if you don't finish an obstacle, your band gets cut. Oh, okay. Right. So I, I just going to interject here. Um, there was a, uh, a music video, uh, a mudstacle yeah. music video. What? I didn't understand the band thing. I mean, the whole thing was about the band, but I didn't. I don't yeah. understand it. So, can you, can you just explain that? So, the in the in the champs, everyone's given a band for each distance. And while you're racing, if you can't complete an obstacle, your band is cut. So you're still allowed to to go on. You're allowed to finish, and um, you can get a medal, but. Every obstacle you don't finish, your time has a penalty on it. And then when they rank people, they rank everyone who's finished with their band first and then everyone else. So someone needs, so there are some people who spent up to two, three hours on one obstacle because they couldn't complete it. A bit like Steph Bishop. Yeah, you listen to that amazing. episode. She's yeah. so badass. But that's why she was doing it because she wanted to keep her band. And in a similar fashion, um, for a lot of people they're not going to win and the obstacles are so hard to be able to keep your band is incredible so i've got the stats here actually what percentage of people given given the to be pro you the, it's called the pro essentially the wave you have to have finished in the top five i believe of a, of a race like these but races that are, are vetted and tend to be very competitive so what percentage of them do you think kept their band you want me to say something quite high, because you'd think that it would be quite high, but I would say 30%. <laughs> I 
Okay, well, 70% did. Oh, okay. Which, to you, my... I mean, it's... If, if you think that these are people who are the best in the world. So, all the, the champions... And they're coming over to compete in, in an obstacle race, which... Anything new there that they hadn't done before, but the race is so hard and it, it weighs you down that 30% of the top athletes in obstacle racing in the world can't finish it. Wait a minute, okay, which to me is insane. I mean, you, and it yeah, gets... but, okay, but so is this course the same for everyone? These, like, or, or yeah. is it yeah, the are, same for so it's the same for everyone? So, everyone, if they do that course. There's no difference in the in the obstacles. The obstacles stay the same whether you're elite or or whether you're a journeyman. Yeah, and whether you're male or female as well, they carry the same weight. And so, of the, so have you got the percentage of of everyone who keeps their band? Yeah, absolutely. We've got it. They've released the percentages of every age category, <laughs> male and female, and overall as well. So, what's the overall one? Which How is crazy. So overall, sixty uh, percent of people kept their band. Oh, uh, sorry, lost better. their band. They lost their band. So only forty. Sixty percent lost their band. Wow. Yeah, I know. Incre- but- and there were some categories where, for example, um, the the fifth the, 50, the w- women's fifty plus ninety seven percent of them lost their band. Really? Yeah, only half the pro women um, kept it. In fact, forty-seven percent, forty-eight percent. That's how hard it is. Oh wow! So, if but, someone has, but are, but so are the qualifying races hard enough? Is that is that the issue? No, I, th- I think they. It, I mean, the it, it's very hard to say because they qualifying isn't based on how hard the race is. It's based on how good the people are you're competing with. So. If enough yeah, people, yeah. if not many people turn up, you can qualify. But actually, it it's I, I think on any given day, you could just get unlucky on one of the items, one of the, the rigs. And they have these rigs. You should look at it. Go on, go online and look at the videos. Things like Skull Valley, they're really, really tricky. But when you've been running for two hours and um, your arms have lost all of their strength. You've got no grip, and you then have to do some of the hardest obstacles in the world. It, it's no surprise that I mean these. It, it would be nice to see a higher percentage of people finish, but actually, it's that double-edged sword. It's what makes yeah, it. You so like, you're liking it now. You're like, yeah, this is yeah, this is a bit more elite for me. I like it. I like people failing. It's. Uh, it's <laughs> <laughs> Well, the thing is, I'd, I know I'd never be able to finish this course. <laughs> that was going to be my next I mean, I question. Would, I wouldn't stand a hope in hell. Well, my next question, because you were, you were there, uh, were you filming and interviewing, weren't you? Because you were, you were basically Maybe running filming, a little bit of interviewing, yeah. And so did you, uh, were you, did you like saying, oh, guys, I wish I was with you, I wish I was with you, you know, I'd love to have been on the course. Wow, I could have totally smashed it. God, I'd have smashed like, <laughs> so, I'd have probably come like easily top five, but just thinking, thank God I'm not on the course. Thank God I'm just going to be not having to <laughs> Well, the thing is, I can't really give much smack talk because pretty much everyone in the OCR scene knows that um, all I do is run and nothing else. <laughs> and so, because um, Miller and I were both out there together to film and she was filming the, the elite women, I was filming the elite men. So why was and, Miller running? 
Um, I think she, well, Claire, I think partly didn't want to do it necessarily unless she was fit. Um, but also, I think she's of a similar disposition to me in some ways in that we both know the amount of work it would take for us to get good at obstacle we asked we'd just rather be runners and actually she's she's so busy with work she's training hard for running at the moment so choice between a trip where she can go and film have fun hang out with friends or you know trying to train really hard to do something which she's not particularly good at compared to how awesome she is at everything else but we we went out there both thinking once we saw the course, once seven was doing it, we'd be dead jealous. <laughs> and then we saw people on that first hill. I'm like, imagine it's almost the Red Bull steeple. So the the Red Bull 400 four times, <laughs> followed by the hardest obstacles in the world. And we went round and we did a few of the obstacles ourselves. <laughs> and I did the odd one or two. And then there's some quite simple ones where you'd look at him like, oh yeah, yeah. I mean, I could do that, obviously. And then you have a go and you're like, Christ, this is actually quite hard. <laughs> so that's the thing. If you keep your band, it's it's an amazing achievement. And, and I'm not you know, I'm not saying that in a, just to butter people up. It genuinely is. It puts you as someone who is one of the best obstacle racers in the world. So yeah, so I you know we we talked about this elite thing, and I know that you know part of it was 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 ingested everything as well. But um, for the um, for for a few of the uh, the do badders out there, it it really did mean something to them to actually be running like representing Britain at a world championship or something. Yeah, yeah and we, I, I didn't realize how many like do badders were out there like representing and. Um, and uh, there were some like quite incredible pictures and stuff. I think even Lee Lee Stewart Evans said that he cried when he uh, when he crossed the uh, crossed Did the he? finish line. Yeah. <laughs> oh, fair play. <laughs> I think until you go there, it's it's quite hard, to, especially for someone like Lee, where he's done so many races, he's done you know he's done so many epic things, but it's very different. Even doing something like the marathon sabla or the auto, you know a hundred miler. Yeah. Where there's some amazing athletes, it's different. It's so different going to something like that to actually going to a world championships when you when you get to see the top guys do it. Yeah, it's just mind blowing. And uh, and I think Lee as well heard because he he'd been training quite hard. He had, yeah, uh, he, absolutely, Michael. yeah. I mean, the, the, all of them. Um, I was amazed by how much because I thought, oh yeah, once you qualified, bang, sort it out and everything. But yeah. There was there was a huge amount of uh, preparation going into it, and I was like, "Oh, this is like this is quite serious." Um, and so, of yeah. course, you, know, you want the yeah, you, know, you didn't want to like embarrass themselves there, um, and wanted to actually perform well, and everything. Well, so I don't think idea. it's never that atmosphere though. I don't think you'd ever be embarrassed. Yeah, but you, if, if, I think for a, you know, I think for someone like um, like Lee, or if I went or something like that, it wouldn't be something that I'd go back to. It would just be do like a once. Once, yeah, you know, it's like the it's like the MDS or something. Yeah. I won't go back and do it, but I'm going to do it that one time. And so you want to make it the best time you're going to have because you know you're not going to. Yeah. Probably, it's probably not going to be a you know I'm going to do this every year or anything like that. So you don't want to feel like you you haven't yeah you know, put put as much into it as possible. Um, but yeah, I and, and do you think going into it because do you think he thought he'd be able to finish the course or was he gonna have a shot of it or did you think he thought i'm just going for fun got no chance of finishing or 
I, I think he probably threw himself into it, into the, the, the idea. I think they all did. The idea of like actually finishing it was going to be what, you know, what they wanted to do. Um, yeah. And they, I, I think they all took a seat. And I, I was just, I, when I saw that, there were all of them on the podium with their, with their medals and stuff in the, uh, yeah. in the bad boy tees. That's incredible. It was just, it was just brilliant. That's so cool. Oh, it almost brought a tear to my eye. I'm so proud of you, boys. I'm so proud of you out there. <laughs> <laughs> The UK out there is such a massive contingent. Maybe the Americans are bigger, but I don't even know if they are. There's so many, um, partly because the, the obstacle scene in the UK is so big, partly because mud school organise and coordinate things so well that it, it drags people a lot, of, a lot of people across. But everyone there was wearing these blue hoodies, and it was so noticeable how many Brits were, were there representing. Um, we had... We had uh, the I think the forty to forty fives, which would be my age next year, um, the first and second in the world were Brits. Oh, really? Absolutely smashed it. Yeah, and and John won. John won the the long distance by so far. He won the short distance, and the five in the team event. In fact, we will get back to that later. Well, um, actually, there's there's quite a few little stories. Shall I just kind of reel them in? Yeah, yeah. Let's get some stories from there. Well, because we were there to film and part of me was worried about whether I'd be able to keep up or not because John in full flow is horrifically right, that's, fast. That's you at a pub normally. That's you on a, on a Friday night out. Can you keep up still? with You are, exactly. you are getting old. You are getting old. It's always the fear, these youngsters. <laughs> but um, it was amazing actually to see, firstly, how slow, how much it slows people down, the obstacles. And even over the 3K. It, it's in their name. Isn't it? What's that? Obstacles. It's in their name. It's, it's, they, <laughs> yeah. it's, it's there to slow people down. Just yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> but um, what was incredible actually was on the long day. I'd, I'd already done that. I'd been filming the the short, the the uh, three k, and I felt pretty confident because I kept up with everyone. I'd even run people down. I was like, yeah, this is this is easy actually. It's not a big problem. On the long day, we got to the top of the hill and did about four or five times up and then there was this wooded section where you it was quite windy quite slippery narrow and we're all running with one hand on the camera so it's quite hard to balance and so I was running with John and I felt yeah this is this is good um I'm gonna get some great footage here and then he had this step change we clearly thought right I've recovered from that hill now and he, he completely burnt me off within about 30 seconds. My God, that guy can fly. It was incredible to see. Um, and you know he's now been crowned overall um, skyrunning champion oh, this year. Oh, amazing. Yes, yeah, I had read that. But he, um, so he shot off and we'd filmed him. And then it's our job to try and catch footage of the second and third and fourth people coming through so we can tell the story of what's happening. Yeah. And Ryan Atkinson, who is second best in the world typically came sorry, through again sorry, second best in the world rowan atkinson right right it's similar yeah <laughs> wouldn't that be amazing mr bean comes flying through in <laughs> second <laughs> <laughs> that would be such a good bean episode <laughs> he suddenly just he walks onto the course by accident <laughs> 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 Right, right. That's going to be... I reckon Rowan will go for that. <laughs> but um, the controversy happened because... Oh, go on. There's this guy called Hunter, um, Hunter McIntyre, who 
Briggsley is uh, a little bit in love with. <laughs> Just give me a pat on the head now. Is he a young? Is he a younger model? Oh my god, he's not a younger model. He's, he's like a he. He's like the T two thousand. Oh my god, <laughs> no, he he's um. There's this there's this TV show called Broken Skull Ranch. Is that what it's called? Yeah. Oh, you've told Steve... me about this. You've told me about this. We've discussed yeah. this. Yeah. With Steve Austin. Yeah. Incredible. Yeah, yeah. So Hunter's the obstacle racer that has the record and has been winning ten thousand dollars every <laughs> week. The show's been on for a season and a half or so. But he's he's apparently he's got another he's got podcast as well and he's quite he's very. He's very kind of confident, brash American. I don't know where he's from, but oh, don't he's kind you of just California. American. <laughs> yeah, he's got he's got that. Well, yeah, he's, he's got that confidence bravado. Yeah. Um, and you know, good-looking guy. He's he's pretty stacked for uh, an obstacle race as well. Always runs topless. So yeah. Uh, uh, like, does any British like obstacle course racers run topless, or is that just Americans? Well, when we first started our team, we had we were Innovate OCR, and the rival team was called RPCC, and they always ran topless, oh. and we we refused to. We were like, now, partly because um, we had terrible bodies, but also <laughs> no, no principle. It's decorum. <laughs> also principle. Clearly principle rather than being shown up. Um, but that, actually, that was one thing when when Hunter was so when Ryan was coming up to the top. He was running through, and I was like, "Come on, mate! First topless D." <laughs> I think he was quite confused by that. But Hunter, Hunter was in fourth place behind a, a Canadian, uh, Ryan. I can't remember his surname. He's, he's also a quite established obstacle racer. And um, in fact, Hunter was in. Yeah, Hunt. So they closed. They they were neck and neck on on this rig, and a rig is where they have multiple knots or pools or handhelds that you have to flow through so you've imagined seeing almost a, a big playgrounds um obstacle you then have to grab one thing to the next swing swing climb climb and hunter had come through really quickly he's amazing at obstacles was climbing under the at the end there was a rope so there was rope netting that you had to climb under and bizarrely, which you wouldn't normally have this, but you had to climb under and then crawl up it, hook yourself round and then ring the bell. And so he was climbing round and it wasn't really that obvious that you had to climb under to ring the bell. Because on, the, on the, the, ne- the, last, the next day, you could just hit the bell and that was enough. And the steward then said, you got it, man. And so Hunter thought he'd got it. He'd finished it. So he dropped to the floor. And the steward said, you've got to ring the bell, go back and start again. Hunter then obviously went, but you said I've got it, man. You said I've got it. And the steward said, you've got to ring the bell. And so Hunter then goes back, has to start the whole rig again, which is quite time consuming. And um, Ryan gets away. Hunter catches him on the wall. So you finish with this vertical, well, not well, not quite vertical, but... Um, a, a ramp with two ropes it's quite hard to climb up and so hunter almost catches him loses by about 15 seconds and that that decision you know to send him back and that that 
I don't know. I, I don't know if it's a mistake or not. Um, cost him third place, which was so harsh. Oh man! But then at the same point, you should ring the bell. But you, know, I mean, I. It's one of those situations where you felt really sorry for Hunter, but you you felt not sorry for the marshal because he said a stupid thing, but you could see he was just trying to be encouraging, and just a mistake happened. Oh man! But even John was swearing. Was he? Yeah, it was, uh, there was a, a rig at the top and the marshals have these strict instructions which they, they have to tell everyone and in general they're trying to be helpful but they also have to be quite quite you know, firm with people because if someone doesn't finish that obstacle they've got to take the band and people want the band and it could cost them the whole race even. Uh, you know, People did lose first and third places in the age games categories because they couldn't finish an obstacle. Yeah. Um, so we came up to this one which looks a bit like a corkscrew where you do a monkey bars, but as you move, the corkscrew rotates round so that you then keep on grabbing one that's slightly ahead of you and you, the weight drags it round. And so John started going on that and the blokes said, you've got to start with your right hand. And John's going, what? And he's already two-thirds of the way this through and the, the and there didn't really seem any logical reason why you'd have to start with your right hand rather than what? your left hand um, yeah it, it was quite bizarre but i think this poor marshal had just been told and the marshal went you've got to start with your right hand and uh i mean john's one of the most mild mild men i know uh, mild mannered just lovely and uh he just went oh fuck off <laughs> <laughs> And, then, and uh, the guy just went quiet. He didn't know what to do. And I started giggling, which I wasn't sure if that was, uh, <laughs> that was the right thing to do. I take not. it you're not, you're not of the uh, BBC nature um, opinion that you have to stay neutral during, these, uh, <laughs> during the filming of these episodes. Oh, no, I mean, the whole way through. Um, I mean, John's, John's a good friend of mine, so I was trying to give him updates the whole time where possible of you know where he was compared to everyone else and um remind him of what obstacle was coming next if he didn't know his head to be honest he, he didn't need any help at all but yeah you do chat with people typically though they don't respond to you at all even if they're maybe in fact pete pete was saying because pete edits it all pete reese yeah. from buzzicle <laughs> and he'd be like David, what were you saying again? He'd just be cracking up at stuff because I'd be having a laugh with them or trying to, and they're all you'll be imagine... having, you'll unilaterally be having a laugh with them, and they're not finding it funny <laughs> at all. It's like it's... <laughs> pretty much, pretty much. But um, I'm trying to think of some good other stories. So some 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 big other stories when I was out there. Um, one of them is at the start of the race. There's this guy called Coach Payne, who is. He's everything you want to be from a, a kind of boot camp inspirational speaker. So he's yeah. like, you oh, were yeah. at the world championships. He's got an amazing voice. They they play some Braveheart style music. And he somehow goes all weekend. He, As I mentioned, the race starts at 8. And then the waves go all the way through till 3.30, 4 o'clock. So he does this throughout the whole day. Actually, I don't even know what he does for lunch, but three days in a row. <laughs> Maybe he just sleeps the rest of the year and he just gets up literally <laughs> the morning of the OCR World Champs and goes straight into it. 
Yeah, I mean, he, I mean, it's it's so fair play, but and and I'm I'm kind of building up to this to to give him a, an excuse for, for what I'm about to say. But All right. He um he must have to come up with a lot of of new content off the cuff because there's only so many ways you can say this is the this is epic. You're amazing. This is gonna be brilliant. So I was just filming on the side talking to um, talking to someone where he was then starting to give this speech and there's a bit of silence and we, we started hearing his speech and it was for, I think either the, the, the V forties, the vet forties or vet 45 women were starting. And so he was giving the speech like, this is the world championships. You're at the final of the world. You're the best of the world. And you women are amazing. You women are so amazing that every good man behind him is a powerful woman and we both went silent and went did he just did he just define women's strength in this race by the power of the man that they're with (laughs) the most horrific thing to ever say and um, we kind of looked over and you could see they were all like i'm being inspired by this but yeah i'm not going to call you enough on that but yeah, I wasn't expecting that, especially when this is their moment. You know, this is the thing they've been building towards. This is possibly the most, you know, the incredible thing they'll ever do. And then it's, and then he brings out the fact that, yeah, the, the man, the powerful men are defined, you know, <laughs> you're behind them. Wow. But, um, yeah, I mean, it was, it was just a great weekend. And, uh, the, Ronda Marie was there. She That's what I was going to say. I was going to say that you, of course, you had the uh, the do you, you presented her with her uh, do better vest. Yeah, and she is so quality. She's so, so if, if you've not listened to the Ronda, Ronda Marie episode, uh, Ronda Marie is a complete badass. She's a, a blind ultra runner who does trails that are probably harder than anything we've ever attempted. Um, with Barclay, with a guide, Barkley Marathon. Yeah, including the Barclay Marathons, which <laughs> listen to that episode as well uh, when we talk to to John. But she decided, I mean, she must be nuts. She decided to go out with Lee Stewart as her guide on this <laughs> epic trail. <laughs> no, no, but I think, Lee... I, I, think I, I could see him. He is a good guy. He's a, he's, a, he's a good pacer. He treats you while you're pacing as though you're, as though you're blind. Because he's like constantly talking at you. He's a talker. So I could see yeah. how he would be a good opening gates, telling you like things that are on the floor, things like that, to, to the extent that you want to throttle the fucker. Um, but, <laughs> but if you're blind, that's pretty useful. Do you think he'd be, do you think he'd try and be poetic? Oh, there is a, oh, there is a. Audio description. The light yeah, is exactly. breaking through the trees as we run into the distance. <laughs> a flock of geese fly in the mid-distance. The rock yes. glistens as my eyes gaze. <laughs> I bet he did. It's, so it sounds like some dodgy romance novel. It sounds like, <laughs> it sounds like my dad wrote a porno. <laughs> Yeah, but apparently she um, she took him. She tried. She decided the route was going to be this ravine, so it wasn't even as if they were running down a, a slightly rocky path. They're having to do bits that she was she was pretty much climbing. I mean, she chose probably the hardest route she could find. I don't know if that was her intention or was it, they it, just ended up there. But it, it was the was it the Bruce Trail? Um, yeah, that's yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Is that the one she's run? Um, 
I can't remember. I'm not sure it was that one, was it? I think it was. You a... see, in my head, I, I I figured that she'd probably gone out and learnt like a four mile section of the Bruce Trail off by heart, so that she could then pretend that Lee Stewart was having any kind of help. <laughs> <laughs> and she was actually just doing it from memory. <laughs> oh, that would be so. But um, but yeah, that uh, I love the fact that yeah, uh, you you all went out for a run with her and stuff, and everyone was there. All the do badders were there and everything. That was yeah. just that was just brilliant as well. What were the um, what were were there any shocks? Um, both in terms of um, uh, any of the competitors or in terms of things that happened, um, or any surprises. I mean, there was. I guess it's a shock. So, Team England, Team UK has won the relay every year. Yeah. Partly because John's so incredible, but actually, you know, previous years, we didn't we didn't have a great showing this year outside of John. We didn't have anyone else in the top 10, I don't think, whereas I think last year we had four. We had first, third, sixth, and 10th or 11th. Um, but this year, um, we we put the same team in we've put in the previous years. So that's James, James Appleton, who another great episode of the podcast. Oh, the, uh, the photographer. Yeah, absolutely. Photographer, a great photographer. photographer does, he do, does he do OCR as well? He was, in fact, he was there as a he was filming as well as racing. <laughs> um, he um, he decided he's getting obstacles because he's he's not been training as much as he wanted to recently. And then we had Connor Hancock who came third last year in the world powerhouse. He was on the bag, and John was on the run. So, um, and and this just reinforced how good John is because John. Uh, James had hurt his ankle the night before, wasn't sure if he was going to race, and in the morning decided he was up for it. So John had had a few beers, hadn't really been prepping himself uh, mentally for the race, and in the morning found out he was running again. And over 5K, he built up a three-minute lead on the best runners in the world. Oh, wow. Incredible. So he absolutely smashed through that. And So the, the, the main other team, I was going to say American team, but it's North American team because they, to beat, to beat the, the Brits, they decided to, to pair up the person that came second, third, and fourth in the world in oh, one monster team. Oh, really? So they were, um, you know, John got this monster lead, and then they were chipping away, chipping away, chipping away at the lead through the carries, through the, the obstacles. And they, the hardest rig ends with something called Skull Valley where if you've ever been climbing and you, you see the holds, sometimes in climbing walls they have these skulls, um, which are really tricky because you can't actually hold them. You've almost got to use... Uh, there's no, you can't gr- grip it as much as just put your hand on it and, and use the strength of your, your fingers. And so James is coming through the last really tricky obstacle. And at the end of each obstacle, you have to hit the bell to signify that you've finished. If anything happens before then, no matter what it is, you've got to go back to the start and start again. And so James came through. I know he's quite nervous going into it about these obstacles. He came through this last one, and on the he did the the skull to skull to skull, and then pumped as hell, went to ring the bell, and completely aired it. He missed it. And this is like missing a slam dunk or an open oh, goal. Really? It's he. I mean, it's 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 harder than missing an open goal. It's it's imagine doing a high five of a friend, and not even touching that hand. It just doesn't happen. And um, oh, it, it, go on the musical. 
Facebook group and look up for the the relay. It's heartbreaking because you can they cut the music out and you hear everyone else go no, and then you see Ryan coming through the background, and James has to go back and redo it again. And the the the, the British team lost by five seconds. Oh no! Yeah. Oh the and, drama. So much. I mean, what a race! What an end to to the event um and yeah if it wasn't james great tv amazing to happen but poor james just felt so bad and yeah obviously pete's there we're there filming him so much footage of him uh, i was with him last week and he was pretty cut up about it i think that's going to be probably the biggest regret of his life <laughs> 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 it's great. oh my god oh yeah. no and if you look, if you look at the finish line, John kind of finishes and laughs, and then says to Blake, he probably makes some cheeky comment like, "Yeah, you you know, took you all to beat me, something like that." You know, he doesn't care. Connor, Connor's him pretty fine, and but James, just the weight weight of the world in his shoulders, poor guy. Oh no. But um, other than that, there were. I mean, what did surprise me was um, how just how varied the bodies were of people like the top women if you look at the top guys like john is john's clearly got a, a runner's physique but a strong you know runner's physique um you look at hunter and ryan these guys are pretty big guys they you wouldn't take them on in a in an arm wrestle um and you wouldn't necessarily know in fact you you'd never guess they'd be able to run as fast as they can right because they look too but, big yeah yeah, they're too muscular. Yeah, um, it's incredible they can run the speed they do. But they look at the women, and my, it's, it's a huge variety. But the uh, Nicole and Lindsay, who Nicole won the the short course, Lindsay the long course, they're so tiny, so tiny, and it's not until you see them from the, a different angle that you see their guns. But they, they're just tiny runner frame with these huge guns. Really. And, yeah, and it, it was amazing to see because in my head I've always had this excuse where well, I'm a runner, I've got runner's physique, that's why, <laughs> that's why I wouldn't be good at obstacles. But then you see them, and um, and there's there's this girl called Karen who uh, better be careful, Bruce's right there, but I kind of fell a little bit in love with because she's so good at obstacles and she it's just, she's hench, she's not she's not big, but my God, she is a powerhouse, and just seeing her flow through probably the second best obstacle person there out of everyone I saw so fast and that was what was amazing to see because you you see quite a lot of people who are crossfit style yeah you see some runners and and actually yeah the 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 power of these these little these little obstacle races is incredible that's interesting but um yeah that was yeah that was pretty much the world champs and heard so many Many rumours when I was out there. We'll reveal them in a couple of weeks. I think everyone in the obstacle race, the obstacle world, probably knows the rumours of where the world champs are going to be next year. Everyone who's not in that world probably doesn't care. But <laughs> what I want to do, what I want to do is over the next year, get as many do badders qualifying for the world champs as possible. We're going to look at the races that are the easiest, the ones that we think uh, suit us as uh, as lazy drinking runners yeah. that we could qualify for and just see 
here we can just absolutely um, ram the world champs next year, wherever so they may be. So I take it it's either UK or Europe? It's, it's Nothing's confirmed. And actually, I don't know for sure, but I'm pretty sure it's going to be easier to get to than Canada, shall we say. You're going to say that. We're going to get all these do-badders in and they're going to, it's going to be like fucking New Zealand or something, isn't it? <laughs> we don't have to go. It's not like your con- contractual obligation. <laughs> oh, yeah. And, and, and just to finish up, I feel like this. So um, with the bands being such a, an important part, of uh, of people's pride, I guess you get your medal, but the band for for a lot of people is worth more than the medal because oh, okay. everyone who finishes gets the medal. Everyone who finishes all the obstacles gets to keep the band. So um, we were we were trying to find the winners' checks to go tobogganing down the down the hills because they were so muddy. It was going to be really good fun. So I went to try and find some and found the registration boxes with all of the numbers. And packs for people that hadn't turned up um, left. So I went through and I got every single band I could find. <laughs> this was on the last night when everyone was, I was obviously quite drunk at this stage. <laughs> so I went back into the bar with about 50 bands on my arms. And then I'd gone to the effort of uh, taking my shoes off and putting them all up my legs as well. <laughs> so. I, I wasn't sure whether I was being a comedy genius or a complete dickhead, um, but I got a pretty good bet. I got a pretty good guess. And so ninety percent of people thought it was hilarious, but you could see some people who were there that like you were disrespecting the whole sport, man. Yeah, what are you doing? Yeah, into disrespect like this. <laughs> That's the equivalent of ending up with a, uh, a green cap at the uh, beer lovers. You think you're hilarious <laughs> until yeah. until someone asks you to resuscitate a runner. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But um, yeah, we'll. I, th- I think I might try and use the bands in some capacity at the Christmas party potentially because uh, yeah, they're they're valued, but I think that their value is <laughs> is reducing um, day by day. So actually, that you mentioned a very good thing. You mentioned the Christmas party. We haven't promoted it yet on the podcast, um, and no, we haven't. We've mentioned it briefly, but we haven't had the uh, like the actual uh, tickets or or dates or anything sorted out. And to be fair, we haven't we haven't done that either. <laughs> Ali <laughs> Ali has pretty much sorted it all out with uh, with probably the best poster. Uh, well, I, I can't even imagine us coming up with a poster like that with her and yeah. it, was it um, was it Sarah. Um, yeah, so green legend Sarah green came up with yeah, it was just a, just an incredible poster. What I liked about that was um, that G Law has offered to be punched for five pound a go. <laughs> it's only five pounds. Yeah, yeah. I say we're gonna take out four hundred quid. <laughs> that is, I mean, that should be included in the ticket you... price. <laughs> you should be able to say upgrade. Again? You should include it in the ticket price. You know when you go through on the ticket price, you go. Do you want it gift aid this? Um, do you want to give? Do you want to round it up to give it the rest of charity? Um, do you want to add for an extra five pounds? You get to punch G Law. It should. It, we should just do that, like a series of tick boxes that allows you to. Well, maybe for for do badders that are abroad that won't be able to make it on the day, you can donate five pounds to Street Child and and donate your punch to someone. Yeah, absolutely. Like punch. Yeah, uh, a G Law punch by proxy. But we so Ali. Uh, obviously not being busy running 100 milers or anything has uh, has been 
behind the scenes organizing it so we've got a place in king's cross and it's i think is it 20 pounds a ticket 20 pounds a ticket yeah you get you get a free drink and then there's other goodies in um with that but the majority of it goes to charity so if you think it's expensive you can get stuffed but um yeah there's going to be um you get to meet a real life uh real, real life elf <laughs> are you there real life elf yes. yeah <laughs> there's a punch of g g law um there's going to be a running click with the wig and runner we believe <laughs> What else was on the poster? I can't remember. It was all funny. Uh, there was like, is it this shit but raffle? But you got any ideas? The shit raffle. I don't know what was going to be in the shit, shit raffle. raffle. Yeah. There's going to be plenty of prizes. That. If you've got any ideas for um, for what you think we should put on there, ideally do better themes, then let us know. Um, the, the, the evening is pretty much open-ended. There is going to be an awards ceremony of sorts. Yes. With the... uh, and I believe Lee Stuart Evans is going to be hosting. I'm gonna I'm gonna be hosting that with with Lee, um, kind of. As in, I'm gonna, let, I'm gonna I'm gonna let him do the work, and then I will come on and spl- and make quips, um, you know, intermittently. Get the glory. Yeah, get the glory. That's it. That's it. Goal hanger. But um, if you're not in the Facebook group, we'd say it's it's one of the events of the Facebook group. But get in the group anyway, because there's there's loads of chat going going on. And speaking of do badders and the Facebook group. Uh, speaking of the doobads, I believe you've got an update. The hot date. Oh my goodness. It's the love story. The love story that keeps coming back. It's just, it's the most wonderful thing. So basically what happened was um, when people uh, join the Facebook group, they have to ask, we ask them three questions to get in. And one of which is, have you listened to the Bad Boy Running podcast before? In order to, so people understand. <laughs> Unless they mistakenly end up thinking that we actually talk about running in the, uh, in the Facebook group. And um, uh, a lady called Sarah um, mentioned that um, it was suggested to her to listen to the Bad Boy Running podcast because she was late for a date with someone. And uh, another do badder. And so she listened to it and joined the podcast, not not realizing that we we were going to read this out um, in uh, in a previous episode. And so uh, both she has uh, she uh, wrote about this um, on uh, on the Facebook page, and also the the gentleman in question, um, uh, the do badder, um, wrote about it. So we've had um, stories from both sides. So so what what's the update? Well, I'm just trying to read through because um, even <laughs> during the update, they've been messaging each other on um, this is quite public laundry, shall we say? Um, there was one. So, there was a part. There was a part fact, about Gray, it was, it was the, Graham Wells. That's right. And there was a part, wasn't it, where he mentioned that she had to leave a date because she said a child had lost a soft toy, which I think is, is an incredible excuse because it's just so non-committal and mediocre. Not that I have a problem with a child or I need to get back for my children. It's just something as simple as a child's lost a soft toy. Probably the softest reason for well, ending a date as well. But it was a child. It wasn't even necessarily her child. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't a named a child. It wasn't a named <laughs> child. A, a child somewhere yeah. right now has lost a soft toy. It's like Superman. Someone somewhere is in trouble and I've got to go. Some, some child somewhere has lost a soft toy. I need to leave. <laughs> <laughs> so I then questioned whether this date was actually a, a good date, as Graham had believed, or a disaster. Um, but he, he did reassure us that it was apparently um, one of her better dates. Uh, but she then came in and said that the person 
the dated before had turned up with an aubergine in a carrier bag because flowers were dull. <laughs> it sounds like you. <laughs> Which <laughs> I, I I only do this so that to make other people look good. An aubergine in a carrier bag is exactly what you do. That is. Not... <laughs> No, no, it would be it would be an aubergine shaped like something filthy in a carrier bag. Uh, the aubergine, in and of itself, it, there's nothing wrong with that. It's the carrier bag element that's the sinister part. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and the and and it doesn't even say whether it was given or if you just had it. <laughs> it was just yeah. It was just... <laughs> I have what's in that bag? An aubergine, and it's just left like that. There's no explanation as to why there's an aubergine in the carrier bag what it's for <laughs> but um he then uh he then reassures us that it's well, she says it, it was a, a her child's toy um and sarah then alludes that that graham apparently is forgetting in these comments that to mention exactly where he stayed that night disaster cheeky indeed. cheeky what yeah, what yeah. Oh, oh and uh he then uh, he then explained that he didn't want Ours a lot to think that he was a dirty stop out. Wait, 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 wait. I think I've mentioned it this time. Is a child's missing a soft toy? Is that code? Is that some kind of code for stuff now? It's like, it, it literally, like. Well, it can't be. I think in Jimmy Savile's be... heart, everywhere in the oh, world. Oh, no. <laughs> there was a child missing a, a soft toy. I think that was the problem. Oh, Jesus. I can't believe you said that. They've had enough soft toys. Uh, oh. Um, but it seems like we've found do better love. I think we have. Um, I don't. I wouldn't necessarily say that we brought them together, but we've certainly <laughs> sealed the deal. I've just we've done not, that. We've I've not just, torn them apart. I've done that. I, I wish you could see video because I just did a thing with my fists. Sealed <laughs> the deal. <laughs> oh, nice. Was it a kind of fist bump brother type? Yeah, it was. Thing, yeah, that was like, yeah. So it wasn't that it wasn't the donut with the the finger. No, I know it wasn't the donut with the finger. Um, okay, I've okay. just thought of a great idea for the Christmas okay, party. Okay, what's the idea? How about do badder blind date? We get the singletons up on stage, and we find. So and... Rhonda Marie is going to date all the do badders. <laughs> no, <laughs> <That's> <laughs> she's married. I think it's she um, it's a nice offer, but. We get all the doobads. Sorry, go ahead. So, so we get all the, the doobads on stage. The doobads who are single, and, yeah. and there's quite a lot of them. Um, <laughs> there are quite a few. <laughs> there seems to be increasing. Probably more than when we started. <laughs> we are now given this as a reason for, for splitting up and divorce. <laughs> why, why are you annulling this marriage, Brad? We're running. Oh, okay. Well, Libby keeps trying to do that. Um, but, um, but yeah, I think I, I definitely blind date. I think that would do, you know, I think you'd make a good Scylla. Oh, in fact, bizarrely enough, I don't know why I remember this. When I was about 12 years old, we had a, a talent show at our school. And we put on a, a an Amdram uh and I was, we'd, we'd doing, we'd a scripted blind date where I was Scylla Black. <laughs> of course! Of course you were! That makes perfect sense. And all the, um, all the questions were, were pretty, well, for 12 years old, they were kind of risque, but risque without fully understanding. 
landing what you were alluding to. It was weird, wasn't it? Because actually... But, um, well, those... I'm happy to be that role again. I think you should. I think you should. Um, it would be good for you to have a role in the evening uh, at some point. Um, but, and you normally like, at award ceremonies, you do normally like to, to go in drag, don't you? I, that, that is a... Do you know what you're? Do you know how, what you're wearing for the um, for the Mudstickle Awards? You... I normally I normally only know when I look at what clothes I have in front of me the <laughs> night of the Mudstickle Award and think, <laughs> oh crap, I've got to come up with some kind of content here. What could this possibly be? So no, not yet, not no, yet. No, but no. I'm open to suggestions. <laughs> um, yeah, it's weird, wasn't it? Because now when you look back at it. Um, doing um, versions of blind dates at school with children was quite a popular thing in the late <laughs> 80s, early 90s. Yeah, I mean, it did was, people still... It, it was weird. It was a weird thing to do. And for teachers to sanction it as well. Or even teachers to suggest it in the first place. And I think as well, probably people don't have blind dates at all anymore. Oh, no. I imagine Because of Tinder, because of... Well, I suppose. Facebook. Well, as I understand it, most Tinder things are, are are pretty much blind dates as well because it's really misinformation. Does it, anyone actually look like their Tinder photos? That is true, actually. Yeah. Well, some people do, and they're the ones that you don't swipe right for. Oh my goodness! So, I think but, we yeah. could. We right, This could be the greatest idea, or the worst idea that we've ever had because right, we've got there's quite a few uh, uh, single ladies. And we've got the most eligible bachelor in Mr. Eddie Simmons, producer Eddie. Is, is producer Eddie coming? Uh, I don't. Well, I don't know. He might be on duty or something. But that doesn't uh, mean that doesn't mean someone can't stand in for him. No, it means he can come dressed in his police attire. It, oh my goodness! Everyone would just think he's a stripper. That would be incredible. <laughs> He did send me a message actually about um let me see, let me see if I can find it. About Tinder. Oh, I can't find him now. He's changed his name online, which I suppose you have to do when you're a policeman. Oh he's yeah. Not, yeah. It's yeah. not it's not Eddie Simmons anymore. Oh here we go, here we go. Don't reveal his identity. I'm not gonna reveal his identity. I'm just gonna find his this message. <clears throat> Alright, so yeah, so we got this so got a message from Eddie. Um, did that BBR dating idea you mentioned a few episodes back ever get off the ground? Want to give me a shout out on the podcast? And I said, yeah, yeah, we'll do it soon. He goes, appreciate it. Girls on Tinder are so fucking rude. (laughs) Ooh, Eddie's having a tough time. Eddie. If he thinks girls on Tinder are rude, what about do better girls? Well, that's it. Well, a baptism of fire, I think. Maybe we need to get him in front of some do badder girls, uh, and then he'll he'll just adjust his attitude about Tinder girls. Well, yeah, they're not so bad. We'll do a blind date where Eddie is the the bachelor. Eddie is the bachelor. Yeah, I think uh, what we do, what we need to do, we need to get. Um, I mean, the thing is, it's not be that much of a blind date because we know the people who it's going to be. But I think you know, after a few after a few beers and everyone, it all gets very loose as to you know. I don't know where I'm going with that. <laughs> I, don't <know. laughs> I don't want to go any further. <laughs> That's not guaranteed, Eddie. It's no, not guaranteed. No, it's not guaranteed, Eddie. And you're a policeman, for Christ's sake. Bad boy guaranteed. Yeah. Bad boy guaranteed. <laughs> yeah. You, you will go home with someone, Eddie. 
we can't we can't guarantee the sex or anything but you will go home with someone absolutely well uh, i'm just trying to think what we're looking what we're looking ahead to now we've, so um... we've got to we've we've got a few things to catch up on so we've got um coming up we've got uh, a call an interview with um matt fitzgerald that's gonna be brilliant so if you don't know him he's the writer is it 80 20 running 80 20 running yeah so if you've got any questions about, we'll put it in the Facebook group. If you've got any questions about training and uh, anything from you know, mileage, different distances, tapering, ping him in the group. Um, he's got, well, he's, he's one of the people that's come up with theories that we all use to train to. So, um, yeah, it's going to be fantastic. Yeah, and quite a few do as mentioned, you know, after listening to the, um, the uh, Jonathan Alban episode and, um, you know, listening to how he trains. Um, I know quite a few people have posted their own um, sort of like level of heart rates running, so it's been quite eye-opening for them as well. So, so we're going to be you know, sort of going deep into that because that's been one of um, probably the thing that people have most requested, um, finding out a little bit more about how to how to run to heart rate. Um, and of course, it's going to be my secret weapon to uh, to utterly utterly destroying Tom Dark. Absolutely. So um, we're not going to publish that episode. <laughs> not going to publish it till after London Marathon. <laughs> <laughs> we're just gonna what we're gonna do we're too tight to get personal consultations and training with various um uh, trainers so we're gonna interview all of them hold them all back and you're gonna get like 58 episodes on the day of the london marathon where you're gonna find out exactly the training and uh, information that we've received in order to try and beat tom and we've uh, we've also got a after following that we've hopefully got an episode with Camilla Heron coming on who is she won comrades last year she is sponsored by a brewery <laughs> she is property <laughs> matter it's gonna be an amazing episode she seems so fun actually can't wait for that um, and we also might be speaking to a friend of mine Spike who he has uh, did I talk, talk about him last time mentioned him last time Spike is he the boxing guy yeah he no, he's he's an adventurer who's he's been around the world. He's been most places, climbed most things. Um, he is incredibly eccentric, and he's even had a run with a polar bear, polar bear before. Um, so yeah, he's quite an extreme guy. Um, and good news, we just had an email as well from Sean Conway, who said he's interested on in being in the podcast potentially. Doesn't mean it's going to happen, but I know there's a few of you out there who really want to get him on the show. So um, we'll try and do that. Any other suggestions? Let us know because we go out there and get them for you. Yeah, yeah, David, you, you, I, I've got to actually acknowledge just how brilliant you are at going out and getting uh, getting people. Um, well, brilliant Thanks, in the mate. sense that, you know, you, you do a good job with that, but also it's fucking sinister as well how you manage to do it. <laughs> <laughs> Years of honing. Yeah, Years I mean, that, that take, you know, the ability to... Uh, to, to do that is uh, it's quite incredible, but um, but yeah, but not but not just people with, you know, we're interviewing, also subjects as well, because um, we're looking back at some of the episodes that um, have proved like most popular, and um, you know things like um, you know how to run certain distances, um, you know advice like one of the most popular ones is Eddie running his first marathon. Um, so you know if you've got if you've got challenges coming up and you want advice on it. We haven't done a huge amount around distances like uh, 10K, half marathon, anything like that. Um, we're going to do a lot more um, as the as London Marathon ramps up as well. Um, not because we're genuinely trying to help you with London Marathon. We just, you know, we want it for the keyword search. Um, but, um, 
but you know and you know if you've got challenges going on like raising money charities stuff like that you know is there are there anything you want to hear about we 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 talked about socks quite extensively in uh, in a previous podcast um but i you know is there any kit talk uh, you want us to talk about because to be frank we're running out of ideas fast <laughs> Although we do have quite a lot of guests lined up, so uh, we're getting a bit better on that. Um, but also, we've we've got four do-batters running the 100-miler next week, um, as well as the Enra Ultra. Oh, so yes. So there yeah. are... There's going to be some, it's going to be a big week. That is going, yeah. to be, it's going to be a massive week, a massive week for do-battery. So, uh, so yeah, so looking, looking forward to that. Um, well, I think, you know, I think that wraps it up. That's some good OCR chat we've had. Absolutely. And if you're interested in more episodes to do with OCR, um, a couple of episodes ago, we've had the interview with John Album, um, world champion, spoke to him about his his training, how he got into it, where he's going. Great episodes with Pete Reese, founder of Mud School, the UK Obstacle League, and also the main, um, I guess, powerhouse of Obstacle Media. Um, any other Mud School uh, Obstacle people we've spoken to, you can, you can recall, it'd be good. Uh, Stephanie, Stephanie, right at the start. Oh, yeah, James Appleton, the photographer. Um, yeah, uh, Steph Bishop. Right Stephanie at the Bishop, start. winner yeah. of yeah, winner of Toughest Mudder last year. Um, World's Toughest Mudder. Uh, uh, Jody Rainsford, conqueror of three laps of Winter Nuts. Powerhouse. Of powerhouse. Winter nuts. And and an, an, explo- <laughs> an explosive, explosive debut into uh, the world of Osa. Explosive debut and retirement. At the same time, you know, it, you you burn brightly while you burn brightly with those six hours. I didn't ask you the yeah. question. I didn't ask you the question. Which when we're talking about OCR World Championships, was he there? Yeah, no, he wasn't. He wasn't there. That's why it went so well. Nothing was ruined. <laughs> okay, <that's laughs> Nothing right. was destroyed. That's all right. That's okay. That's all that matters. Anyway, but um, and, and and. And if you're if you're listening to any if you're looking for any other episodes, um, we've mentioned the Ronda Marie one, fantastic episode, but also more general running. Uh, Dean Carnass is brilliant talking about doing the Spartathlon. Robbie Britton about ultras, about cheating. Um, yeah, have a have a flick through, and if you really want to understand a lot of the jokes that we or references we're making, the do bad uh, a, a to Z of do battery. But if you've got the time, start from the beginning. It's uh, it's a love affair. It's a story. It's, it's a roller coaster. It's definitely worth it's partaking the most, in. It's the worst scripted movie of all time. It's a it's a rambling stream <laughs> of consciousness that veers between running and Netflix recommendations. But honestly, it's what we we reference stuff that we, that was cut out of previous episodes that make no sense whatsoever. We only know this because we have a dedicated podcast historian who tells us that our references make no sense. But but enjoy it. Enjoy it for what it's worth. If you listen to all of them, you win a prize. And in fact, on that, a new recommendation. One of my favourite series has just come back. Nathan for you. Fourth series. I, I don't know if it's available on Netflix or Amazon. Um, probably only illegally on download um, through Pirate Bay. But have a look at it. It's a... He's he's a a non business ex, expert who goes into small failing businesses and gives them horrifically bad advice that they try and implement, <laughs> which is incredibly funny. Uh, that, that, so, that actually sounds like what I do. <laughs> exactly, it's <laughs> LOG. It's my business. <laughs> Amazing. So, so check that out. Any suggestions, either. Email us directly or the Bad Boy Running Group or letters at badboyrunning.com. 
Um, anything else you can think of, JD? No, no. Keep keep the reviews coming. We've had we've had so many more five star reviews um, that actually uh, we are. I think we're at 80, 83 ratings now or something, um, which is incredible. Um, and some and and they're getting funnier as well, even funnier. So a nice funny five star review on iTunes will just be perfect. Thank you. Brilliant. Well, uh, pleasure with JD, and I shall speak to you next week. See you later, man. Bye 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 bye. Bye 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 b